Man, what a show was the Royal Rumble. Caught that last night. It was a very long show, if I'm uh, being open about it. <clears throat> it was just very entertaining, though. I think everyone got the amount of uh, time and ring, you know, as far as their matches were concerned, that they deserved for, you know, putting on. And those were great positions to be put in. So we're going to go over the show. We got the the results right here. I'm not going to go into every single detail, but there were some th moments in, I believe, each match that really stood out to me. So, it's Blick. Let's get into it. So, I keep telling y'all, the kickoff show is a thing. It, it matters, and it should be watched. This one was two hours, so we got a lot of cool predictions from the entire kickoff panels. All-Star and Coachman. We had uh, Beth Phoenix. We had Jerry the King Lawler and King Booker. And, we, you know, we had JBL down closer to the stage area in the crowd with Charlie Caruso. We had a lot of... It was, uh, Then we had uh, HBK join the fray with, you know, of course, David Otunga. So, shouts to the entire All-Star kickoff panel. The show was totally uh, necessary to watch because there were moments in the show that went into what took place during the rumble so you if you missed it you, know, you you missed it but now you know so one of the uh, earlier moments we got during the kickoff uh show was uh drake maverick coming out from backstage uh being interviewed by i believe lowly kayla braxton and he basically set up a match between bobby Roode and chad gable the tag team champions and they were going to take on Razor and Scott Dawson because uh, I believe Akum uh, got injured somehow. So, get well soon, Akum. But these guys ended up having a tag team match, opened up the show. It was, you know, real cool. Exactly what we would expect from the tag team champions. You know, Scott Dawson and Razor aren't necessarily partners, so they don't know each other. But if they would have won the match, the you know, they would have been able to see a future title opportunity somehow. You know, but it didn't take place like that because Bobby Roode and Chad Gable were able to pick up that victory. Very cool. I think everybody looked the way they needed to look. Take nothing away from two guys that have never been on a team before, but we both know that Scott Dawson and the Rays are, are <clears throat> almost, almost in a way polar opposites. Either way, tag champs come out strong, and, uh, you know, this is a way to keep them looking good, so... Moving forward, we had Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Rusev for the United States Championship. And, well, you know, Lana by Rusev's side has been, uh, at first in the early going, you know, years ago when Rusev was undefeated, you know, with, you know, Lana, it was a thing. But now, you know, Lana kind of interjecting in the matches and trying to be uh, in the action. It's a... Uh, been to Rusev's detriment he's been you know uh losing matches and during this match between him and Shinsuke the uh thing well Shinsuke was trying to cheat and use the turnbuckle and like he was uh, taking the pattern off Lana was attempting to get the referee's attention and uh Rusev which was a little you know it's it's the show but you gotta be a little critical at times not all the time but Rusev ran directly into Shinsuke, which bumped Lana off of the apron and dropped her to 
the mat hurting her ankle so you know some would question why would rusev run directly into him knowing that lana was standing in front of him but that's that's something small compared to how much how much awesome we got during the main show so lana uh fell down hurt her ankle and when rusev was uh attempting to tend to her from the ring uh Shinsuke delivered a keen shot to the back of the head. Rusev's neck went off the ropes. So he fell back and uh, got the one, two, three. So Shinsuke Nakamura is back. Shinsuke Nakamura picks up the United States Championship victory over Rusev. You know, by way of uh, uh, Lana's spot. That was cool because guess what? It's the kickoff show. And you just got a title change on the kickoff show. So... I, anything could happen we still had the fatal four-way coming up and you know after a couple more predictions and you know insights from the panel with uh you know choosing who's uh looking the hungriest as as far as the cruiserweight championship match was coming up and, you know who's uh, who's gonna win in the universal championship match between finn and brock and you know some surprises during that, we had our truth and Carmella uh, deliver a fit, uh, two dance breaks, but, you know, a real dance break during the kickoff panel. So, if you like it, it was great. If you don't, well, I don't know. If you were in the building, I bet you would have liked it. So, either way, getting into the Cruiserweight Championship Fatal 4-Way match between Buddy Murphy, Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, and Hideo Itami. Man, these guys arguably stole the show they definitely had the best match on the kickoff show you know they went at it they all uh did them they had their moments you know but the close of the match was one of the biggest highlights for me we know it's the kickoff we know we getting into the main show so you know don't have as much time but everyone was able to get in a very fair amount of offense and reversals and everyone looked good taking the moves so all of the you know boxes were checked as far as that goes and the big part of the match was buddy murphy starting to just send out knees everywhere it, it was it was bananas that was that's one of those matches of course as i say i would say hey go back and watch a couple dive spots you know this is what 205 is known for it was it was it was fun and it was fast paced so these guys definitely uh, came out and put on a good show for uh, the Arizona crowd at Chase Field, which looked awesome. Some of the camera angles they got, and you know, it's just it was a really good show. As far as <clears throat> it was a beautiful sea of people, all that filed in, you know, uh, what 43,000 or 48, I think it's 43,198 or something like that, but that was later on in the show. Either way, Buddy Murphy's throwing out these knees, and he is hitting everybody and it, they they're all taking the, the knee, either man it was crazy like i said go back and watch it buddy murphy threw the knees out and was able to hit hideo itami with murphy's law which picked up the one two three victory so buddy murphy retains the cruiserweight championship and now can further lay claim to be in the best cruiserweight of all time let's see how uh, General Maverick, um, General Maverick, excuse me, General Manager Drake Maverick uh, handles that on 205 Live on Tuesday because, you know, like now, now what? Now what? So, 
I'm pretty sure uh, DMGM will have something that'll be really intriguing and the 205 Live crowd will love it. So that was the kickoff. Big moments. All three matches meant something. It was a warm-up match. It was a title match. And then it was a super fast-paced title match. <laughs> you know, this is... This is interesting, in my opinion. This is a part of that new era because, hey, if you're not looking for it, then you're not going to find it, right? So, getting into the main show, first thing to open up the show was the women's championship match between Oscar and Becky Lynch, the man, and, um, you know, both of these uh, women in the match looked very evenly matched. You know, it was counted move for move and counter for counter. Everything that uh, one was throwing out was being met. Like Oscar was uh, throwing out things and uh, Becky was meeting it and matching it. And both of them were trying to get the upper hand for a main part of the match. Uh, Becky would get some offense. Oscar would turn it into a submission move and, you know, somewhat vice versa. It even got to the point where Becky... Uh, did did locked in the Oscar lock, and Oscar of course locked in to disarm her. But both of them, knowing how to get out of their moves, that was really cool to see how like what they like what they know about. Of course, their finishing maneuver or signature move. So it was really cool. You saw Oscar in the Oscar lock flipping over uh, backwards to uh, I guess release the pressure. It was some great spots. The ending of the match saw Oscar having the Oscar lock cinched in. And doing a front flip and bridging over to, you know, gain more leverage and, you know, tighten the grip on Becky's neck. And that was where Becky had to submit. I guess she didn't want to be uh, knocked out or put to sleep. But that was a thing of beauty. And this is just opening the show. So, very, very fun match uh, between those two. It was real competitive. You know, Becky was walking to the back and, you know, looked fairly upset at you know, Asuka is the strong women's champion, you know, so we'll see how it all goes on, well, I'm, we'll see how everything goes on SmackDown Live this Tuesday, so moving on, we had uh, Shane McMahon and The Miz, co-besties, the best tag team in the world, and they took on the bar for the tag team championships of SmackDown, like, after that, and it was a, uh, it was a fairly cool match, you know, both everyone tried to get some offense in Shane took bumps we all fear for that but you know <laughs> like hope Shane is all right I'm pretty sure he is because he's a trooper like that but uh he went for a double coast to coast that would have been in my opinion enough space for Shane to actually make it since Cesaro and uh Sheamus were both in the corner so uh, when Shane got to the top and was going for the jump, Cesaro got up and caught him and threw him in a great swing. This was, you know, the the rest of it was uh, pretty crazy because eventually Miz got in, hit Sheamus with a skull crushing finale, and uh, we got to see Shane go up top and hit a shooting star press. I know I was just re- recently speaking on Shane o doing that, so that's a it was a great thing to see, you know, with him. You know, just bringing that move back. You know, his form is, it's something else, you know. So, to see that happen and have him pick up with the championships with the Miz, or the tag team championships with the Miz, and them being in front of Miz's dad and stuff, that was cool. So, 
you know, new tag champs. And the bar, I'm pretty sure, are going to be pissed about it. But this leaves a, a space for some, uh, I would almost say, fairly new rivalries. And the tag team championship scene is uh, it's, it's heating up, you know, in a way. You know, SmackDown tag champs are uh, the Miz and, you know, Shane for right now. So, uh, who, everyone, I'm pretty sure, is going to feel like they can beat them. So, who's going to be the first to try to lay claim to it? We'll find out Tuesday on SmackDown Live. So, that was the tag team championship match. After that, we move into uh, the Raw Ch- Women's Championship match between Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks. Uh, it was uh, It was a cool match, you know. Sasha went out there and did a thing. You know, it wasn't anything that was uh I'm not I'm not unimpressed with the match, you know. These two were they were going at it, you know. No real spots with Sasha almost looked like she like super, you know, injured herself or anything like that. So she's fine. But she went in and she did a thing, you know. Ronda Rousey was a great spot. She jumped up couple of those real cool moves and um it was nice it was a nice match ronda rousey was able to pick up the victory because uh, uh well actually she picked up the one two three she didn't even really need the arm bar it was a cool match i would have to go back to watch it to really appreciate it again i guess uh sasha after she lost the match uh threw up the four horsewomen sign or symbol you know the hand signal or whatever but this might, well, this obviously uh, it says this isn't over between the two. We know that uh, Rousey has a problem with Charlotte and Becky both. So um, we'll see how things move into the future uh, regarding those two. But uh, Ronda Rousey, excuse me, retains the World Women's Championship. So keeping to the flow of the show, we got a lot of the. Uh, uh, matches out of the way that needed to take place so then we go into the women's uh 30 women royal rumble match now we all know this match was long we know uh all of the details i can't recall that's just you know a a thing of it is fine because no matter how you look at it the match was real cool we saw funny moments with uh, Zelina Vega hiding underneath the ring. You know, we had Lacey Evans and Charlotte going at it for a while. And uh, Lacey Evans looks real cool moving into the main roster. We're going to see uh, if she's, well, uh, not really uh, thinking about it. It was a couple of spots where she, you know, the physicality, you know, her, uh, you know, her, her agility, uh, you know, it was a, you know, it was a match. It was, I guess, nerves maybe, but I know that she's strong. And in the in the women's Royal Rumble match, it's a it's a chaotic atmosphere. So you're not gonna be a, you're not even in a position to you're not necessarily in your comfort zone, I guess to say. So you know, being in there against a complete veteran and different type of animal and Charizard, you know, it's, uh, it was, it was different. So um, it, she couldn't get the type of offense I'm sure she wanted to get off, but either way, you look at the, the match with all of the women that were eventually piling into the ring. Lacey Evans was able to stay in for a while and she definitely, uh, 
stuck it out with Charlotte for a while. So that was a big part. One of the other comedy moments was uh, Billy Kay of the Iconics uh, coming out. And it was, I think it was early. I think she was maybe number eight or number nine. And she was, she didn't, she refused to get into the match. Well, she didn't want to go into the ring until her partner came out. And she came out maybe two or three numbers later. But by that time, Billy Kay had been eliminated because she got kicked down by one of the women. I believe it was Tamina uh, after she had made her entrance. But again, these are wild details in what was a hilarious match after a while. Hornswoggle comes out from underneath the ring and chases Alina Vega around like, whoa, Hornswoggle appearance. Like, we didn't that was, talk about unexpected. It was funny. You know, it's, it, you know, it's the Royal Rumble match, you know? So, there was that. It was uh, a, a lot of cool uh, NXT calls. Uh, made a lot of NXT appearances, should I say, you know, at least from what I know about, I seen some of these women in the Mae Young Classic, so it was uh, very cool to see, like, Sia Lee and uh, Casey Catanzaro, you know, like, and they came out and, you know, showcased their talents, and, you know, Io Shirai and uh, Kyrie Sane made appearances, these, these were all really, really cool moments, and they all did, uh, did their thing. You know, they came out and they was, everyone fought, you know. A lot of cool, fun stories and rivalries, I believe. Uh, Candice LeRae and Zelina Vega uh, had a little standoff based on their feud back in the NXT days, or at least for uh, Zelina Vega at the moment, you know. So, you know, it was it was very cool to see a lot of the standoffs and, you know, stare downs and rivalries and such like that. The athleticism, in my opinion, it for a moment it looked like everyone was trying to be safe. That's what I was thinking. But then, you know, you could see everyone say, nah, we're out here, we're hungry. And they're trying to, you know, show that they're the most capable. So getting into the most capable, I believe uh, number 28 or 29 was Lana. And because she had fell off the apron earlier in the evening on the kickoff show. Her ankle was uh, bandaged up. She could barely walk on it, but she still wanted to go out and fight. Now, at Chase Field, you, you, could, you could see that there were steps that they were running up. They were in a dugout, I believe. So they're running up the stairs, and then they're coming out and doing their entrance. But the thing is, you know, Lana's ankle is hurt, and she's trying to hobble up the stairs. So how does this... You know, how does this work with her getting into the match and winning? No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but either way, you know, she's trying to come to the ring, but it doesn't happen. And uh, she's, uh, she's clearly in pain. And out comes Becky Lynch to no music saying if she can't fight, then I should be able to fight. I believe uh, Nia Jax also came out before that or something of the sort, but she, either way, Becky Lynch was arguing. She wanted to fight. She told Fit Finley she wanted to fight. Fit Finley said, you know what, go ahead, because they needed a space, and this is, this is an awesome story now, because even though Becky Lynch lost earlier in the night, 
Now she's not women's champion, but she still should have a space in the Royal Rumble match. So she wins. She, you know, got in the ring. Hit, well, hit the music. She got in the ring, and the fight began. The fight ended with, uh, you know, and, and it's only right. I, again, before I even get into it, go watch the Royal, the women's Royal Rumble match streaming live right now on the WWE Network. The last two in the ring were Becky and Charlotte. You know, Charlotte came out just as confident as she has always been, you know. And in the end, well, Becky, uh, I believe she eliminated Nia Jax or something like that, but tweaked her knee because she got pushed off of the stage making her entrance or something, something. But this is why I say, go and watch. It all so happens, excuse me, it all happens so fast. So... Becky hobbling on one knee is going up against Charlotte, but these two are going at it. And it was a definite story involved with just how, you know, those two got to that point in the Women's Royal Rumble match. So they went at it, they fought it out, and ultimately Becky Lynch was able to give Charlotte a forearm over the top and she couldn't go no more. Charlotte had been in the match from you know, in the early parts, I believe maybe number 10, and I don't know, maybe number, I think it was number 10, but, you know, she came in and she was in there for a long time. Natty was in the match for the longest. I forget who takes second place, but I know Charlotte was on the, in the top three, if my, number serve, if my memory serves correct as far as uh, that match went, but ultimately Becky Lynch did win, so now she gets to go and face a champion of her choosing at WrestleMania. You know, the man, man looking strong, you know. Who's it going to be? And who's going to be champion by that time? You know, these are all things that we're going to find out whilst we're on this road to WrestleMania. Alright, so moving into the WWE uh, World Heavyweight Championship match between the new Daniel Bryan and uh, the, the real AJ Styles, you know, these two had a match and they went at it in the match. We, it was, it was, it was received a little differently, you know, and the build to it was a little different. You know, it might have been uh, well, I, I don't want to say it was an experiment because uh, I'm pretty sure Daniel Bryan is going to continue being this way. And he is a WWE World Heavyweight Champion still. He retained by way of Eric Rowan uh, coming out in, his, in regular clothes and chokeslamming AJ Styles, aiding Daniel Bryan and picking up the victory. It was a referee spot, and that was pretty much how that took place. The real story here looks like Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan being part of a new faction. You know, Eric Rowan seems like the type that, you know, can see that sort of light. We know they've worked together before in the Wyatt family, but this time around, you know, for Daniel Bryan to have a different mouthpiece... You know, it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. You know, I say give it a chance. You know, might I, I think it'll give. Well, during the during the Bludgeon Brothers thing, you know, didn't really have much to say, but 
I think he said things in a devastating fashion, you know, in a way that, you know, made you believe what he was saying. So, now we got someone else that would talk, that, that would actually uh, listen, like, or well, someone that listens, they're Daniel Bryan. So, there's a, there's a funny part of the story. We know he's in-ring capable, you know. This could be the formation of a new tag team eventually. You know, like, the stories, uh, the stories evolve. So, you know, give it a shot. I'm not mad. AJ has already been champion, and they have to go around the block to be able to uh, get him down for three. You know, so we know what AJ Styles is capable of. People just have to do use the underhanded tactics to pick up a victory on him. They don't care as long as they're champion, I assume. But, you know, that's, that's pretty much what that looked like as far as that championship match went to me the royal rumble burger was hilarious i'm not really a fan of bratwurst you know don't be mad but i'm just and the the, the rest of the burger seemed pretty intriguing like coleslaw and mac bites on top with the toothpick to hold the burger in place like this uh it was pretty funny though and uh you know Daniel Bryan, uh, like, the build to it was just different, you know, but he's, he's being different, and he, you know, like, some calling him Captain Planet, but if it's, uh, we're just gonna see how this championship, uh, run continues to go with him, I wonder who he's gonna take on next, I think that's really what the, uh, what the question turns into, because you can't just, well, he used the concession stand, that was cool, like, uh, what else like, does the creative team have in their, you know, bag of tricks as far as keeping the, you know, crowd entertained and the internet critics at bay? Because I think, uh, I think it's, uh, all, a, it's all a seemingly genuine effort to be entertaining. That's what it's looking like now, you know? So, uh, let's, uh, that, that was the WWE Championship match, you know? Daniel Bryan wins, he defeats AJ Styles, and we move on into the Universal Championship match between Brock Lesnar and Finn Balor. The David versus Goliath story is what they were going for, and it pretty much worked, you know. Finn got an early, early uh, injury on Brock Lesnar. I'm not going to call it an injury, but he hurt Brock early, so Brock couldn't get all of his forms of offense through during the match, he gave him, he gave, well, Finn gave Brock two drop kicks, but the way Brock uh, landed, or the way he pushed himself into the announce table, it was directly in the corner, and you could tell his midsection was in a lot of pain, you know, this is the way it was sold, so as far as in the match, yeah, Brock was in excruciating pain, you know, his entire midsection was hurt, so he couldn't really get that uh, couldn't stretch the way he would want to if he was delivering, uh, you know, suplexes. But ultimately, Brock was able to win, but this is after Finn went for a coup de gras and Brock locked in the Kimura. So he Kimura'd him, uh, had him uh, submit, but, but this is uh, only leading into a beatdown after the match. I guess Brock was mad, but... You know, Brock had the respect on his face, you know, like to say, he kept turning around and looking at him like, yeah, you know, you, 
you 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 figure you definitely put up a fight. You know, I think that was real cool to see uh, Brock put Finn over like that. And uh, you know, take nothing away from Finn. He did what he could to or taking on somebody of you know that size of stature. You know, so uh, Universal Champion Brock Lesnar uh, defeats Finn Balor. I don't want to say nobody nobody thought it wasn't gonna happen that way, but you know, I was I was just interested to see how Finn was gonna be able to defend himself, you know, and how long he was gonna be able to do it for. You know, Brock Lesnar came in and gave him a couple of suplexes, but he, even after the, you know, match was over, you could see that he couldn't really send him off the way he wanted to. Finn took two good spots where he landed very safe, but then there was the final German suplex where he landed, you know, fairly closer to his neck and head, and we all know that's what, you know, Suplex City became slightly famous for. I don't want anybody to really seriously injure themselves taking these suplexes, but <laughs> some of them have been... Uh, great. My, my number one spot to the suplex still goes uh, to Kofi Kingston. I believe it's one of the Japan shows that they had a long a couple of years ago at this point. But Brock went at it. What was Beast in the East? I think it was. But Brock went at it with Kofi, and the German suplex that Kofi took was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I think I've seen the Singh brothers uh, be able to take it, but you know then it comes in the height and weight and finish. Finn is not, well, Finn isn't larger, so either way, Finn looked great, but Brock picked up the win. Paul Heyman spoiled it for everyone. Look at that. So, with that, we're going to get into the Royal Rumble match. Well, for the men, this was the main event of the night. It was um, a very fun match. Started with Elias, saw Jeff Jarrett come out at number two, and then the rest of the match was, uh, you know, the Royal Rumble match. We had uh, Seth Rollins come out at number 10. I believe that was who came out at number 10, but either way, you know, Seth Rollins came out, had did his thing. We had Dean Ambrose out there. We had Shelton Benjamin uh, making a return. You know, it was a lot of, well, not a lot, but... We had the NXT guys who just had a great takeover show the night before. They all came up and participated in the Rumble. And it was a, a lot of great, great moments. You know, uh, Samoa Joe came out eventually. You know, they were looking at him to be a very uh, a dominant player in the Rumble match, and he was. Mustafa Ali came out and was able to hold him at bay for a while, you know, uh, all three members of the New Day came out, but they eliminated Big E early, and, you know, Kofi and Xavier were the only ones that had to, uh, well, they were trying to fend for Kofi. Kofi was, uh, went out the ring, but his spot this year, he, like, did a handstand and rolled across the LED board with his feet and legs and got over to the, um, got over to the ring stairs, uh, well, not to be outdone, part of me while we rewind back to the Women's Royal Rumble uh, by Naomi, who, who after get, almost getting eliminated, was able to uh, get onto the barricade and balanced herself all the way over to the stairs. So she was able to do that. You see in the height, the balance, she almost lost it for a moment, but that only made for a much, much greater happening when it all took place. 
you know, her and Mandy Rose have been beefing for a while now. So uh, those two were uh, having their moments in the ring. And when uh, I believe Mandy Rose was eliminated, uh, Naomi jumped over, got to the stairs, and here came Mandy Rose pulling her down off of the uh, stairs and apron, uh, thus eliminating her from the match. So, yeah, you know, that's the thing. But in, in the men's Rumble match, it was... Uh, you know, Mustafa Ali, like I said, he was able to come and, uh, you know, slow Joe down for a little while. A lot of cool uh, eliminations took place. I definitely would recommend you go back and watch it. I don't want to get into too many crazy details, but the big part of the match was uh, the almighty Bobby Lashley, the Intercontinental Champion, coming on down to the ring and, well, going in and he's ready to fight, but he was eliminated early by Seth. Seth didn't even want to have anything to do with uh, that man in the match because he would have definitely been a dominant figure. After Bobby Lashley was eliminated, he, you know, flipped out and pulled Seth out of the ring and threw him through the announce table. So this is down Seth for a while. You know, we had, you know, more, I want to say standard entrances, but we had the entrances happening. And toward the end of the match, we had uh, R-Truth come out at number 30. You know, uh, Drew McIntyre, pardon me, because Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler had their moment, you know, had a little rivalry in the ring, and both of them were able to, you know, show, at least Ziggy was in the rump, you know, I think he was number 29. Either way, R-Truth was at number 30, and while R-Truth was coming out and doing his little rap, he, I guess he was going to take his time coming to the ring, Nia Jax attacks him from behind and takes him out. And runs down to the ring to take his place in the men's Royal Rumble match. So I guess she wanted to be the first ever woman to win the Royal Rumble match. I'm, I apologize. Randy was number 29. See, this is why I didn't want to get into the numbers as far as the Royal Rumble match goes. Because it is all about the numbers. Wait, before we continue with the awesome conclusion of the Royal Rumble match. No Way Jose just might have broken a record. With the fastest Royal Rumble elimination, he came out and rode with a conga line and he danced his way down to the ring. And uh, as soon as he got in, he was sent right back out. Now, what uh, this is a big thing because there could that could be a new record, you know. We know Santino spent about a second in the match, you know, about one point whatever seconds. But, you know, this one might have been a little bit faster, so... Hopefully, you know, no way Jose is able to, you know, pick up or secure that, that record in the, in the books because I don't know who's going to be able to beat that one. And no disrespect to no way Jose at all, but it's, a, it's pretty cool. And so, uh, Nia Jax is beat up R-Truth, comes down to the ring, and she's pretty much fighting the guys. I'm, I, every time I think about it, it's just a... It's a it's funny to me, you know, but only only because, you know, the women always speak about being able to get in there and do it just like the guys. And, of course, we know we're not, uh, no way in any shape, form, or fashion promoting the idea of beating up women. But Nia Jax was, uh, she wanted to do that. She wanted to go through with it. And it felt like a fun situation for that to happen, and you know, like, 
the, the, I guess we could call her a tomboy, if you will. I would assume that most of the uh, women superstars were tomboys at a time or two in their life, if not still. You know, so to go in there and get rough uh, with the guys, you know, <laughs> she got an RKO in 619 for it and eliminated. But it was it was a real cool moment from WWE. You know, it's not uh, do, it's not delivering a sit down power bomb to an elderly old woman through a table from off the stage. <laughs> you know, it's the fourth ever woman in the men's Royal Rumble match attempting to be the first ever women's winner of the Royal Rumble match. Well, the men's Royal Rumble match. So this is this is this is a it's too, the, the extremes are a little off there, you know. It's two different sides of that. I think it's. I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty cool, to you know just see that happen. It was pretty comical. We've seen the girls uh, beat up the guys at their at a moment's notice for so long now, you know, to see someone that is even respectable as Nia Jackson it fit in the storyline with her, you know, being quote unquote hated. So she, you know, had what was quote-unquote coming to her as far as the in-ring competition went. It was, you know, like I said, it was pretty funny. I liked it. I thought, I, I honestly couldn't stop smiling. It was just funny to see it all take place like that. Like, she's, <laughs> she's really in the match. I just got back to really watching this a couple of years ago. So, you know, to, to be in this generation of WWE and see... Uh, you know, the things that were happening when I wasn't around or when I was a kid, you know, it was really nice to see that Nia Jax did it, you know, then now forever for that, so, you know, she comes out and, and you know, it didn't really work for her, and uh, Seth Rollins wins the whole shebang, I'm not going into details, because at the end of the day, this was well deserved, you know, Everyone comes out on Raw and SmackDown and says, oh, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble match. I'm entering. And, you know, Seth Rollins goes in and he does the same thing as everyone else. But he's been showing us, you know, since he lost the championship all those years ago. And, you know, on his climb back up the ladder, you know, to being the Intercontinental Champion, you know, when it came over to Raw and really taking the championship across the world and defending it and giving it a level of relevance again, you know, like, even right now, it feels important, you know, because we were, we can recall what it's been through, and what other people have been through for it, you know, again, thanks to guys like The Miz, and, uh, of course, Seth Rollins now, and Dean Ambrose, of course, you know, so, it was, it was real cool, and, you know, we weren't really expecting Bobby Lashley to win the Royal Rumble match, but, you know, for him to come out as Intercontinental Champion, and do that to Seth, and, yeah, like as intercontinental champion, this is this is a cool moments that continue to give the championship relevance. So, you know that was that. But Seth Rollins picks up the victory, and he's been on the road to doing this. You know, there are some podcasters and you know other YouTubers that have been pulling for this Seth Rollins versus uh, Brock Lesnar matchup at WrestleMania. It looks like that's the direction they're going in, and I'm. I'm hyped, you know, the road to WrestleMania began. Next up, we got Elimination Chamber on February 17th, streaming live on the network. We're going to have, we're going to crown the first ever women's tag team champions. The Iconics are looking real comical, but we're looking to see what other women's tag teams we got on SmackDown. We're still on that. We're going to see how it all comes 
into play in these coming weeks because I'm pretty sure we, well, the build to it is already happening. You know, fast lane happening, halftime heat uh, next Sunday during the Super Bowl, the big game. Uh, during halftime, they're going to have the big six-man tag with the NXT superstars that got into it. You should go back and watch NXT TakeOver. I didn't catch it, but it's only because I don't really watch NXT like that. But all I hear are good things about the NXT product. So there's uh, I, I would highly recommend it. I've seen a couple of episodes, and I've always been impressed, and I enjoy seeing it. But I would rather see Breaking Ground come on back around on the WWE Network. So, Sasha, let them know if you ain't still upset about uh, the match last night. <sighs> Either way, Seth Rollins picks up victory. He gets to choose or go against the champion of his choosing. I think we all know he's going up, going for Brock, you know, and we're going to see how everything uh, continues to take place tonight on the USA Network because that's right, it's Monday Night Raw, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be some amazing fallout. So, for what I said, this is Blake. This was the, you know, recap of Royal Rumble. And shouts to Tom, everything pro wrestling. Shouts to Royal Club Wrestling. Shouts to the scumbags. And uh, I will catch you guys next time. Peace.